Did you get those taxes filed in time before the post office closed on Wednesday? Well, if you didn't, guess what? We've got a very special gift for you. You don't have to file until July 15th because of the coronavirus. Of course, you probably knew that, but just in case you're one of those big slackers out there who wait to the last minute and you actually waited too long, well, the government is helping you out. The government is coming through for you. This is the Y'all Show. We share all kinds of helpful information on this program that covers everything Dixie. And we're so tickled that you could join us here as we have a full action-packed show today. We're going to have a country music singer join us, and we're going to have a SEC and Mississippi State Bulldog insider join us in hour two. I'm John Rawl. Yes, this is the Y'all Show. We've got headlines from across the southeast, the latest with the pandemic. From a southern perspective, we'll have all that information. One thing that's going to be a little bit different, if you've got a kid in high school who wants to go to college, there's some changes going on with SAT and ACT scores. We'll let you know about that. And frankly, as a guy who grew up in an SEC, or not, I guess I did grow up in what would become SEC territory. It wasn't at the time I grew up. It was added to the SEC in 1992. But I grew up in not SEC, but ACT country. And then I've lived most of my professional life in ACT country. And so I want to break down which states here in the South are SAT friendly and which are ACT friendly, because you probably have heard these different scores. In fact, if you're from one of the states, it's one of the plans. You never really took the other one. And it gets kind of confusing, especially if you're a kid who grows up in an area of one of these tests, but you're wanting to go to college in an area that is the other format. We'll break it all down and tell you which ones are skewing which way as part of our educational focus here with Professor John Rawl. We'll also have other information, including the deadly tornadoes this week. It was a weird, weird deal. We were having tornado outbreaks in the midst of a pandemic where we're not supposed to be around each other. And it's really weird, especially for those family members and friends who had homes devastated and lives lost. You're not even supposed to get a hug. I think it's probably worth breaking that rule. We'll also let you know in South Carolina, they had the deadliest outbreak of tornadoes in 36 years. And I remember that day back in 1984 that tornadoes ravaged the Palmetto State and in North Carolina as well. And it's been 36 years since South Carolina's had as many deadly tornadoes. But that happened on Monday. We'll share more information about the Palmetto State later this uh, segment here. We're not going to make you wait for all this information. In the next segment of the Y'all Show, because of the pandemic... There's a drop in tourism right now, as as we might expect. And since we're so tourism-friendly as part of our Festive South feature, we're going to share information on the states hit hardest by COVID-19's impact on tourism. And we'll walk through which southern states are getting hit the most. And actually, a southern state is at the bottom of the list. It's least affected by the COVID-19 outbreak. And we'll share info on all that. And... We'll also relay information in the next segment of what we're doing here at the Y'all Show to help out tourism in the South. We've got a really cool plan that we're going to be launching in just a few days, and we're so excited about it, and we can't wait to share that info, and we'll do that in the next segment. Before the hour's up, we're going to go to Sampson, y'all. Where the heck is Sampson? Well, it's Sampson, Alabama, right on the Florida line, and a gentleman who lives there we've had on the show before. His name is Shane Owens. He is a terrific traditional country music singer, and he's got a new song out called Love Me to Death. That song was written or co-written technically by Joe Diffie, who we just lost to the coronavirus pandemic. 
and love me to death is the new single from the album thankful for country music from alabama crooner shane owens and our interview with shane is coming up in just a handful of minutes don't miss out on that hour two we'll take a quick look at some of the new york times best-selling books a lot of people are staying in and reading books and we'll let you know the top sellers at newyorktimes.com and also in hour two as promised jeremiah short a mississippi state bulldog insider is going to be on and he is also the co-host of the black dog sports podcast and mr short's going to be on to talk about mike leach and his year one effort there in starkville leading the bullies and also we'll get jeremiah's take on sec for 2020 his projections of who are the top teams headed into whenever this season is going to begin so it's part of our sec spotlight jeremiah short Mr. Cowbell will be ringing that cowbell loud and proud, and you'll enjoy it here in hour two of this, the Y'all Show. 803-816-1170 is our number, our website. You can find us there anytime you want to. That website is yall.com. Y'all, the ultimate guide to the South. And also, we encourage you to go to our Facebook page at y'all.com on Facebook and then we have really cool at y'all.com on Facebook. We put up our videos, our y'all shows put there each and every day. It is the way to go. Please subscribe and follow y'all.com on all of our all of our social media platforms at y'all show on Twitter, Instagram as well. Please join the y'all movement. All right, let's get into the headlines. And as we know, a lot of places around the South and country are letting inmates out for fear of a coronavirus outbreak in our penitentiary system. And now it turns out in the Sunshine State, it looks like an inmate who had just been freed over coronavirus concerns has now been arrested and charged with murder only one day after he was let go from prison as 26-year-old Joseph Edward Williams linked to a shooting death in the Progress Village section of Gibsonton, and that's in Hillsborough County in the Tampa area. That's 11 miles southeast of Tampa. Williams had been inside the Orient Road Jail on drug charges when he was released along with other prisoners as part of efforts to protect inmates, civilian employees, and law enforcement officers from the virus. And then it looks like, again, he's been arrested now in a shooting. An unidentified victim of a March 20th shooting was found wounded and lying in the street and then later died in the hospital. Now, Williams has a long history of past offenses, including burglary for possession of a firearm and he's been arrested some 35 times. And now this this thug, it looks like, let out of prison temporarily because of virus concerns. Back in jail, now charged, facing a second-degree murder charge in connection with a March 20th shooting incident. Unfortunately, we'll probably see more of these type of cases here in the South with these people who perhaps should stay in jail, but they're letting letting them out for fear of them dying, perhaps because of the coronavirus a tremendous and unfortunate time that we're living in right now. And only in the South will you get a headline like this, okay? Because of the history of our region and sometimes ugly history of our regions, we've got laws on the books that are sometimes a little bit antiquated. And that's the case in Georgia, as now virus deaths in the Peach State have gone over 500 deaths in Georgia and the governor is actually taking some action to ensure the wearing of protective masks at grocery stores and other public places. The problem is there's actually a law on the books in Georgia that you can't wear a mask in public. And the reason for that, it goes back to the Ku Klux Klan, as Governor Kemp declared a pandemic exemption 
to this rule from a 1951 state law that prohibits wearing masks in public after black officials warned that some blacks fearing harassment by police might not cover their faces for protection. This anti-mask law makes it a misdemeanor to wear a mask or hood or other face covering to conceal the identity of the wearer on public property. Georgia passed a law to prevent Klan members from wearing hoods during public rallies and in marches. And this was passed in the 1950s in the state of Georgia. Not often would we have thought that a rule or law like that would have been made at that time when we had Jim Crow and other segregation policies, but Georgia passing that anti-hood, anti-mask law way back then. But now Governor Kemp, because of the pandemic, is now making an executive order to suspend that for fear of people catching the virus and a wise move there. But I wonder how many other states have mask laws on the books and that's been waived now for the state of georgia now because of the pandemic you might have someone in high school that's trying to go to college you might be trying to go to college after being a good a good citizen and working for a few years most colleges require you to take an sat or act to get into that college i'm reading now where some colleges are now waiving that rule they're letting you in regardless of an sat or act score it's the perfect time to go to college right (laughs) well it looks like students could take the sat at home if schools remain closed yes this is really amazing because they've gotten really really sophisticated with the sat taking process because of the way people can cheat on them especially if they're able to sneak in some kind of device like a cell phone or other type of electronic deal to help them take their test about three years ago i was trying to get my phd and i had to go in and take the test i think it's maybe the gre for that it's been a couple years i've kind of tried to forget about it but the testing center that i went into man it was a almost like an x-ray of your entire body and everything you had before you could even go in there and take the test i was actually impressed and i'm sure that's the way these sat and act centers are as well but instead of a paper and pencil test given under proctor supervision this proposed home version would be digital and rely on remote proctoring that could include using the computer's camera and microphone to monitor movement or talking that according to the college board president jeremy singer as he said we would much prefer that schools reopen but we are ready to innovate and deliver in the unlikely case we need to so how about taking the sat right there in your pajamas on your on your couch if you need to take it that could be reality sooner than later now here's the big question mark the sat and the act the two standardized tests that people take to go to college okay we we're aware of that most of you took it in high school you took the practice sat the practice at act then you went in and and took it usually at some kind of testing center oftentimes that's at a school which of the southern states are one way and which southern states are the other way Well, the SAT has a huge presence along the eastern seaboard and in Texas, of all places. Most Texans and every Floridian, Georgian, Carolinian, North and South, Virginia, Maryland, even West Virginia, those are states where it's more SAT tests that are taken, and that's what's used in the local college systems primarily. Now, the other states of the South are more ACT country That includes Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. Those states are ACT country. So it really is a divide, 
and it's pretty much eastern time zone then texas or sat and then everything else is mostly act and i've always wondered which states are which and now thanks to here on the y'all show me sharing that i can ace that question if it shows back up on my sat or (laughs) act test if we get a chance okay again a lot of things are different these days including going to court as most of the local courts around the south have kind of suspended operations or they've at least changed the way they do it and now in florida a judge there is letting some attorneys hold it he's urging lawyers to get out of bed and get dressed for zoom court cases i like that that is really cool broward circuit judge dennis bailey announced that civil courts have gotten the green light to using zoom to run dockets and conduct hearings and he said one comment that needs sharing and that is the judges would appreciate it if the lawyers and their clients keep in mind these zoom hearings are just that hearings they are not casual phone conversation it is remarkable how many he writes in all caps here it is remarkable how many attorneys appear inappropriately on camera we've seen many lawyers in casual shirts and blouses with no concern for ill grooming in bedrooms with the master bed in the background etc one male lawyer appeared shirtless and one female attorney appeared still in bed still under the covers and putting on a beach cover-up won't cover up your poolside in a bathing suit so please if you don't mind let's treat court hearings as court hearings whether zooming or not now courthouses in broward county are shut down and the 17th judicial circuit has held about 1200 zoom meetings involving about 14,000 participants all that there in broward county but don't tick off broward circuit judge dennis bailey by not wearing a shirt at least put on a, a nice shirt maybe even a suit he's going to be watching you there on those zoom conference calls you darn lazy lawyers oh goodness we're picking on criminals yeah it looks like some of our lawyers are not taking their job serious here in this pandemic come on now now because of the pandemic we have of course this week some bad weather we've had the deadly outbreak of tornadoes that kill people in a couple of our southern states and when these tornadoes went across the south and devastated homes and kill people do you know what oftentimes the families the survivors they couldn't even get a hug from volunteers and other family members those were pretty much forbidden because because we're told not to do that and for homeless families there's no red cross shelters only hotel rooms because of these shelters for the most part aren't available because of the coronavirus and it's just a really awful thing that we're not really thinking about right now but it's we're going to have problems and about 550 people in four states were staying in hotel rooms funded by the red cross as the mass shelter is not an option at this point so yeah let's keep in mind the death toll from the outbreak of tornadoes this week has gone up to around 34 with a 12th person dying in mississippi that's been totaled there and then we had deaths in alabama and georgia and the carolinas and in fact in south carolina they had their deadliest tornado outbreak there in the palmetto state in 36 years yes as in south carolina this week 15 people killed in various spots of the palmetto state as you had in the upstate of south carolina a 77 year old security guard jack harville he died when the building he was in outside a plant in seneca that's just across the lake there lake hartwell from clemson south carolina he died there about five people were in that plant 
when that thing came crashing through. And then you had other people dying in other parts of the state, like Hampton County. People killed. A 46-year-old woman died when a tree fell on her bedroom in Colleton County. That's Walterboro, South Carolina. And you also had people dying in Nieces in Orangeburg County. All told, these storms were just a really, really rough day in South Carolina as major damage over 80 miles from Estill to Monk's Corner in one of these bands that went across on Monday in the state of South Carolina. Again, the deadliest outbreak of tornadoes in the Palmetto State since 1984. And I vividly remember that as a child. The tornado in Newberry, South Carolina was just just awful. And one memory I'll always cherish is my grandfather, he was a farmer, he always kept a barometer in his garage, and he was pretty religious about going out there and checking that thing, and I never knew why, but it was on that outbreak day of 1984 that he recorded the, I guess, the lowest reading he'd ever recorded, and we didn't even have a tornado within 20 miles of where we were living, but about 40 miles from us is where Newberry, where they did have a really awful tornado there and that just shows you if you're out there checking your barometer readings these things do do matter matter and my grandfather old daddy-o he did a good job reading that barometer and uh, unfortunately less than a year later he had died at the age of 74 now finally here in our headlines of the southeast wisconsin and alabama are getting f-35 fighter jets as the air national guard units based in those two states awarded squadrons of f-35 fighter jets this announced from the air force and that got that comes after vocal opposition from people who live near the base in wisconsin's capital city of madison the jets in alabama will be part of the 187th fighter wing at Danley field that's in montgomery the first jet jets are expected to arrive in late it's going to be a few years late 2023 these new jets will replace the older f-16 aircraft and will allow the air force to meet other requirements for readiness and training that according to the united states air force so alabama is going to get some new aircraft heading to the state capitol there in a city there montgomery that's got a long cherished history of working with the air force as i think for a long time the air force has had a pretty big presence in montgomery and many of you may have gone through the maxwell air force base surroundings there in alabama's state capital a very 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 large base there for the air force and has been serving the community since back in 1910 is when they started having a air force presence at that time i guess it would have been part of the army army air corps but yeah maxwell air force base montgomery alabama with a bunch of people that work there When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to tell you about tourism and how the coronavirus is hitting the tourism industry pretty hard across the country and even right here in the South. That information is headed your way next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. At Sprint, Our priority is keeping our customers, employees, and communities safe. 
During these uncertain times, we want you to get the great service you expect without leaving the safety of your home. Sprint.com makes shopping easier by offering free next-day shipping and no activation fees on our best new phone deals, like the amazing iPhone 11. Lease it for just $15 a month when you switch to Sprint. For now, shopping online at Sprint.com is the best way to learn about our plans, buy new phones, and get the services you need. Stay healthy and go to Sprint.com today. iPhone 11, 64 gigabyte, $15 per month after 14, 17 monthly credit applied within two bills. Requires new line of service, 18 month lease, and approved credit. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Offer and coverage not available everywhere. $30 activation fee, taxes, and restrictions apply. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Continuing on with the show that covers everything Southern, this is y'all, and we are here for a little festive South feature. We have no festivals going on, unfortunately, right now. We have no big events because of the coronavirus, and we're going to do our part here on the Y'all Show to help out tourism across the Southeast. We are officially launching here at y'all.com the Spring Swing and we've got about seven communities across the South that are going to be joining us. And we're going to be adding even more for a tour of the South. And we're going to launch this, we hope, next week. So be listening in. We've got seven different municipalities across the South that are going to be signing up here in round one. And that includes the Auburn, Opelika, Alabama Tourism Bureau, as we'll be joining them and learning more about tourism there in that lovely East Alabama area. We also have in Alabama... OWA, O-W-A, that is the Porch Band of Indians kind of water resort there on the Alabama Gulf Coast. And we'll be going down to the eastern shore of Alabama for a visit with O-W-A. And that'll be coming up here in just a few days on the Y'all Show. We'll also be going to Florida as we'll be going to Discover Crystal River. And that's Homososa Springs and Inverness, Florida. We're going to be going there for a tour. In fact, one of the Elvis movies was filmed there in that county, Citrus County, Florida, and we'll learn a lot about that place. So I don't have the dates for any of these places, but it is coming up soon. We're also going to go to Gainesville, Georgia, where you will have Lake Lanier, CVB. They'll be joining us, and y'all has had a history of going to Gainesville and Lake Lanier, and we even had a sweet tea festival there one time. And we'll be going to Gainesville there in Hall County, which we renamed Y'all County officially. 
and we'll be joining Stacy there, Stacy Dixon, the president of the local CVB. That'll be one of our stops on the Spring Swing Tour. Also, we'll be going to the Bayou as we'll be going to Lafayette, Louisiana, and talking with the Lafayette Convention and Visitors Commission, and that'll be fun. We'll get some good insight on food and more. We'll be touring Louisiana as part of this Spring Swing. We'll also stop a couple places in the state of South Carolina, in the upstate, and in the low country. We'll be going to Discover Up Country as Tim Todd of that organization will tell us about some great places around Greenville and Clemson and also in the Seneca area. It'll be a great time talking with Discover Up Country Carolina. That'll be coming up on our Spring Swing Tour. And we'll also be going down to Lake City, Lake City, South Carolina. That's in the Florence, South Carolina area in the PD of the state. And we'll be visiting about this lovely town and learning so much more about Lake City in South Carolina. Those are just seven of many, many towns that we'll be adding as part of our swing, swing, spring swing tour. More details coming on that. Please stay tuned. But we're helping out, and it's going to be a really cool virtual tour of these towns. We're not allowed to go there, but we're going to be talking to the tourism professionals and some of the restaurateurs and other unique people in these places, and we'll be rolling out even more over the next couple of weeks. So enjoy spring swing when we get that launched. We hope sometime next week now wallethub.com has an article out states hit hardest by covid19's impact on tourism i want to thank our great insider at wtjs and that is steve bowers at the talk of jackson he's our y'all.com analyst our strategist i i guess i should say that blue suede forever is his show there on wtjs and steve let me know about this article and so thank you steve bowers And the states hit hardest from a tourism standpoint because of the shutdown right now. No surprise. Hawaii, Hawaii is really, really, they're, they're feeling the effect of this thing big time and they're number one. And then other southern states that show up here in the top 10, you'd think this would be a, a, a a dub because good Lord, they just laid off 45,000 employees at Disney World here the other day. Florida comes in at number six on the state's hardest hit by the coronavirus in terms of tourism. Our nation's capital is at number eight on this list. Also in the south, the state of Maryland is on the list at number 17. Tennessee checks in at number 22. You can't go to Graceland right now. You can't go to the Ryman, and the Grand Ole Opry is still going on, but you can't be in the audience there if you want to go there. And, of course, Pigeon Forge and all the, the fun stuff there with Dollywood is shut down right now, too. So Tennessee checking in at number 22. The great state of South Carolina is at 26. Louisiana, which is ground zero, it looks like, for a lot of the deaths from the coronavirus in the South. The Pelican State is at 27. The state of Georgia at 28 right now. The Commonwealth of Virginia is the 29th most hit state in terms of tourism and the coronavirus. Texas is at 30. West Virginia is at number 33. The Show Me State of Missouri is at 34. The great state of North Carolina checks in at number 35 on this listing of states hit hardest by tourism. The Commonwealth of Kentucky at 37. Remember, they're just in normal times, they're about to have the Kentucky Derby here in about three weeks in Louisville, and that's been pushed back to Labor Day. So Kentucky feeling the brunt of this coronavirus. Also, you have the state of Mississippi. Mississippi coming in at number 44 right now. Alabama's at 47. Oklahoma's at 49. And since D.C.'s on here, the 51st most affected state and, I guess, district here in this list from WalletHub.com is the natural state of Arkansas as they're dead last on states who are feeling the 
the big impact on tourism because of COVID-19. So most southern states are kind of on the back half of this thing. That's a good thing. And we hope that all of our states kind of get back up and going as fast as we possibly can and make a difference from a big time. According to Wallet Hub, the lowest share of consumer expenditures on travel, 47 Alabama, 48 Kentucky, 49 Arkansas, 50 Mississippi, and 51 is West Virginia. So, yeah, the lowest share of consumer expenditures. So if you're a consumer going into these places, traveling to Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi, and West Virginia, spend more money so those states can move on up the list and those people, those great states can benefit even more. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to shift over from talking about tourism. We're going to take a tour of Samson, Samson, Alabama, as they have a local resident that is a rising country music singer. Shane Owens is going to be on to talk about his new song, Love Me to Death. That is from the album Thankful for Country Music. And our visit with Shane is headed your way right after this break. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. At Sprint, our priority is keeping our customers, employees, and communities safe. During these uncertain times, we want you to get the great service you expect without leaving the safety of your home. Sprint.com makes shopping easier by offering free next-day shipping and no activation fees on our best new phone deals, like a Samsung Galaxy phone. Lease it for just $0 a month when you switch. And when you shop on Sprint.com, you'll get a $100 prepaid MasterCard, too. For now, Sprint.com is the best way to learn about our plans, buy new phones, and get the services you need. Stay healthy and go to Sprint.com today. Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, $0 per month after $41.67 per month credit. Apply within two bills. Requires 18-month lease, new line of service, and approved credit. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Offering coverage not available everywhere. $30 activation fee taxes and restrictions apply. $100 prepaid MasterCard requires port and online registration. Ships after 45 days. Card terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Member FDSC. Take no more 
If I die making love, what a way to go Baby, don't hold nothing back Go ahead and take my last breath Uh-huh Bury me tomorrow Tonight, baby, love me today and we're the Y'all Show. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and welcome into the program that is all about the South. And we're going to keep it Southern, courtesy of our next guest. And we often say on this program that's all about Dixie, how thankful we are that you all listen and watch our program. And right now, that word thankful comes back in play because we're thankful for Shane Owens joining us right now from Lower Alabama. And we're also thankful for his latest project called thankful for country music let's welcome in shane owens back to the program hello shane hey man i'm awful thankful to be on the show today thank you for having us well you got a very appropriately named album and project and all that we're going to dive into that but first shane we got to ask about where you are there in lower alabama tell us where you're bunkering down right now and how things are going there with this whole covid19 we are bunkered down in the mighty metropolis of Sampson, Alabama, a little town down here. We're about 45 miles uh, from the beach, and we're about 45 miles from Dothan, Alabama. So we're right between straddling the two. We're hunkered down and uh, waiting for all this stuff to uh, pass, and, uh, and it too shall pass. Uh, we just got to, you know, keep our keep our neighbor in mind and, and, and take care of each other. And I think that before long, we'll be back out there, hopefully uh, touring and, uh, and, and getting our music out there. Shane, what county are you in? I'm in Geneva County. Okay, and what's the positive cases that you're seeing there in Geneva County? I think in Geneva County, we've had like only zero in Geneva County. We've had zero in Geneva County, uh, but uh, right outside Geneva County, I think uh, there's been uh, not not too many. So we're, we're very fortunate so far. And I think somewhere down in that area where you are, you've got suburbs of Sampson, suburbs like Enterprise and also Boaz and Op Alabama's also. Are those little feeder communities in for Sampson? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. I, I tell everybody we're within a football length of everybody around here. <laughs> All right. We're talking with Shane Owens, country music singer. We had him on the show last year. You might remember for some of our veteran members of the y'all family we were at the country radio seminar in nashville and we were able to catch up with shane and learn about his music and discover this is a what we call a real country music singer what we call a traditionalist and boy are you in fact you're so traditional that i noticed you've got a nice little quote about you from rt randy travis as randy travis wrote shane owens brings it all vocal writing performance and passion he's paid his dues remain committed to traditional country and brings you a song with heart and a story songs that will get you through the tough times and enjoy the happy times and lyrics that will remind you of the threads in life that make you the fabric you are today he will bless you with his talent and his kindness to shane i gladly pass the baton strong words from randy travis Yes, it is. You know, to be able to work with one of my heroes or somebody I idolized so much growing up. And, uh, you know, Randy's one of the greats of all time, Country Music Hall of Famer. And to be able to call him a friend is very much an honor. Uh, you know, I stay in contact with he and Mary very often. Uh, as, as everybody knows, he's recovering from a stroke and doing well. And uh, it's just exciting to uh, to have somebody of his stature believe in what I'm doing. 
how did you and randy even get hooked up how did he discover shane owens well, you know, my, the, the Daniel Daniel on my record label, uh, it's a Nashville, Texas-based label. Uh, they're good friends with Randy and Mary. And after I cut the record and, and signed with those guys, uh, Randy uh, listened to the record. And he fell in love with one of the songs on there called Country Never Goes Out of Style. And just the whole album in its entirety because of the traditional country sound. And I think that's one thing, uh, like I said, uh, idolizing him and, and uh, appreciating what he's done for artists like myself today and traditional country music i think it's uh it's pretty cool to have a mutual feeling of respect for one another as traditional country artists shane owens is our guest here on the y'all show talk with a southern accent and he is a talented alabama singer that has been paying his dues in music city and beyond for for a little while and shane i have to ask you when randy travis wrote that you paid your dues how exactly have you paid your dues through the years well, you know, a lot of a lot of these reality shows now, you can get on and, and become an overnight success. I grew up playing the honky tonks, and uh, you know, uh, uh, one of my biggest influences was my grandmother. And in uh, church, she played the piano, and one of my biggest influences. But I grew up, uh, uh, you know, down here in the South, where we listened to uh, George Jones and Haggard and Whitley and all the good ones like Randy Travis. And, That's you, the kind and of you gladly listen to them too, right? Gladly listen, <laughs> and we and we hit the repeat button on the Keith Whitley and the Randy Travis and and uh, Alan and, and George and so many different artists that paved the way for me to be able to do what i do today but i grew up on that stuff man you know uh i can remember being a little boy my granddaddy uh in the cab of that tractor with george jones blaring over that uh am station you know back then <laughs> and he was getting uh, he was getting uh uh getting me tuned into uh Little, little did I know at the time he was tuning me up to become a traditional country singer because he, he wouldn't listen to anything if it wasn't George Jones or or the what what they call the real stuff. Oh, okay. What was your granddaddy's name? Tom Owens. And what did you call him? Pa. Pa. Just P A. We called him Pa. All right. Well, Pa, thank you uh, <laughs> because your your grandson there, Shane, is certainly thankful for you, and again, thankful for country music. So you have a record label. What is the record label name? I'm on a Merrimont Records right now, which is a which is a Texas Nashville based label. Man, they're they're excited, and we're all excited about uh, you know what's going on at uh, radio with this brand new single, and, what, and they just uh, give me the freedom to be myself, man. And I I, uh, I can't you know we all resort back to that big word thankful, but I'm so thankful to be on this label. And your your effort thus far has been successful in 2018. Shane Owens was named Music Row Magazine's Independent Artist of the Year. And that is quite an honor because, trust me, I know how many people come to Nashville and try to get discovered, even if it's by a magazine, in this case, Music Row. And you got to be, of all the independent artists around Music Row, the Independent Artist of the Year. Congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, that's one of those things uh, that just uh, it blew me away, man. You know, there's, I think the pendulum to, towards traditional country music is moving more towards traditional more and more every day. And I think there's millions of fans out there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of singers in Nashville, a lot of great talent. Uh, but I think that I'm, I'm proof that uh, people are starving for the traditional country sound. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, the coolest thing, I was telling a story the other day. I've got a 16-year-old son that's, that loves listening to Merle Haggard and Keith Whitley. So I know there's there's hope. <laughs> 
good for them you've raised them right and one of the things that you do with your music shane that we love right here at the y'all show is you keep it southern in fact you had a project called it's a southern thing and that's what we had fun talking with you back in in 2019 at crs about so the south evidently is a big part of your your music absolutely you know growing up down here in the south you know we uh we uh we've got a I tell everybody, especially during this quarantine period, you know, there's people sitting in these big cities, uh, in these apartments and, 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 and they, I know they're feeling trapped, you know, at least here in, in the country. We got a catfish pond to walk down to. We got a dirt road we can get some exercise on. And I wouldn't trade anything for any, any, anything in the world for being, uh, raised the way I was raised, uh, you know, with, uh, just great mannerisms, uh, my mom and dad raised me with. And, and being out here in the country, we can do what we want to do is, is certainly a blessing. You mentioned you've got a new single. It's called Love Me to Death. We're talking with Shane Owens, and uh, we love Shane Owens to death, it sounds like, right here on the Y'all Show. Tell me about Love Me to Death. Who wrote that, and uh, what's, what's it sound like? Well, you know, this song takes on a whole new meaning because one of the co-writers on the song was Joe Diffie. Sadly, oh, we just man. Lost. Sadly, we just lost a great uh, great pioneer for country music, one of the best uh, voices of all time. And like I say, the song takes on a whole new meaning. We already we debuted at number 77, which is huge. When, when was that debut? The uh, day before, uh, let's see, this past week. Okay. This past week at number seventy-seven, it's uh, number one in downloads at radio stations. So we're we're, we're so excited, man! And to uh, it takes on a whole new persona, being that Joe Diffie was one of my heroes as well, and he was a co-writer on this song with Ashley and Galen Griffin. It's just uh, it brings a whole whole new thought process to that record because one of the greats uh, that have left us way too early was a, was a co-writer on my current single, and that's another dream come true for me. Now, was this a song Joe Diffie wrote many years ago and may have been even a cut on one of his albums? Uh, no, it's actually a song him and Galen got together and they had an idea about here, uh, I think a couple of years ago, and wrote the song. And when I, the minute I heard the song, I was... First of all, jealous because I wasn't a part of writing it. <laughs> but and second of all, it's just you know I told him, man, I want to cut that song, put it on hold, don't let anybody else have it because I know it's a hit. And uh, just to have somebody like Joe Diffie believe in me, and, and as well as Randy and John Anderson, so many people that are believing in what we're doing, legendary country artists that were uh, gracious enough to lend me a song, man, and, and 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 let me have a hit with a song that he could have easily had a hit with, just shows how classy he is. John Rawl talking with you here on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Our special guest is Shane Owens visiting us from beautiful Sampson, Alabama, where I have to ask you, Shane, how many Dollar Generals y'all got there in Sampson? Man, it seems like we got one, but uh, when you get outside Sampson Enterprise Knop, it seems like there's one on every corner. So if that ain't country, I don't know what is, man. It, it, that, that is country. And we talked about Joe Diffie co-writing that Love Me to Death. That's a part of the new CD, Thankful for Country Music? Absolutely. It's the current single off the brand new album, Thankful for Country Music, and we're so excited about it. All right. And again, how can fans find this album, Shane? You go to shaneowenscountrymusic.com. You can also click on all the social media outlets right there. You can check us out on Facebook, Spotify, and all that stuff. Go to shaneowenscountrymusic.com and pick up a copy of the brand new album. All right, and I know it's a, a good thing to do right now while everybody's quarantined. You can check out this brand new music from Shane Owens that has this new single, Love Me to Death. All right, Shane, when you're not out performing, which, by the way, I have to ask you, this virus thing has shut down everybody in the music business, it seems. And if if this weren't going on, I assume you had tour dates scheduled throughout April and May into the summer? 
Yeah, we had a lot of dates we had to uh, postpone right now. Hopefully, we'll get to reschedule some of those. You know, we're fixing to go out on a radio tour and uh, promote the brand-new single, which has already debuted at number 77, so I know that was going to keep us busy. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to do what our our world leaders ask us to do, and everybody needs to uh, obey and heed the warnings and and do what we're asked to do. And then we have to, uh, of course, put it all in the good Lord above hands and pray for one another and and take care of one another. And I think... uh, uh, you know, one thing I tell everybody, I believe in my heart, if there was a lot more love in this country, it would be a better place to be. So we need to love one another more and take care of our neighbor and, and, and pray about this situation. And hopefully, uh, if the good Lord is willing, we'll be back out there on tour. And, uh, you know, we want to say thanks to all our friends and fans at Country Music and people like yourself that believe in what we're doing as well. Amen. Shane, are you fortunate enough to do music full time or do you have to do another job Monday through Friday? You know, I've been so blessed for the last uh, few years to be able to do music full full time. It's something I don't take for granted because in this business, you can have a hit one week and be off the radio the next. So we count our blessings every day. Uh, we're just so thankful that uh, people out there still believe and request traditional country music, and I think that kind of music is never going to die, so we should be in good hands. And like I said earlier, the pendulum towards traditional country music is swinging back our way. I see it more at radio, and I see it more in our live shows, and it's awful cool to see this younger generation wanting to know who Merle Haggard and George Jones and Keith Whitley and Vern Gosden is and was and, and listening to their music. One thing country music, I just heard you mention those names one thing country music could use are singers with cool nicknames. So let's play a little trivia, which I know you'll get this right, Shane. Let's play okay. a little trivia. I heard you mention George Jones. He had two nicknames, and those two nicknames would be? Possum and No Show. There you go. All right. I heard you mention a guy named another Alabamian, Vern Gosden, his nickname. The Voice. Hey, man. And Keith Whitley, I, I never heard a nickname for Keith, but maybe you know one. You know, uh, the one thing I said about Keith, now I, I talk about Randy, and I'm glad to call Randy a friend. And I was I was honored enough to meet George Jones and do a few shows with him, and and meet. Uh, yeah, we opened up for George four or five different times. So many different artists like John Connolly, Billy Joe Royal. I can sit here and go on and on over the years of people we've had the opportunity to share the stage with, including Toby Keith and so many modern day country singers out there now. But uh, my greatest. Uh, uh, the singer, uh, greatest of all time. But I don't think there'll ever be another Keith Whitley. A lot of people don't know that Keith Whitley had songs cut that George Strait and Randy Travis uh, had hits with uh, after Keith passed away, sadly. Uh, you know, a lot of those songs were recorded by Keith and, and, and stacked up. He, he was going to be one of the biggest names and still is one of the biggest names in country music. But he's my all-time favorite. Uh, you know, uh, one of the greatest voices of our time. And I, I love to hear Keith Whitley song. Yeah, Keith Whitley didn't have a nickname that I'm aware of. You mentioned those other artists. People like Don Williams was known as the... Gentle Giant. There you go. All right. So my whole point of bringing all these nicknames from yesteryear up with you, Shane, we need a good nickname for you. Maybe you already have one. So what is your nickname? Man, you know, if anybody wanted to nickname me anything out there, I just... uh, Man... Boy, <laughs> what an honor to be called! Boy, it'd be honored to be thought of as somebody like uh, Vern the Voice, or, 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 or uh, I couldn't be named No Show because I'm going to show up for all my shows. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, George did show up; he just was late. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I don't think I'll ever be late for because I love it, love it so much. And I, with, all, with all due respect to them, I, I think I, I don't know, man. I, I ain't no telling. Okay, well, we'll just for right now call you 
the uh, possum voice. How's that sound? You're hey, that'll work, man. I'll take that all day long. Or maybe you know, I, if anybody wanted to call me anything, uh, uh, the future of country music, I'd oh. take that. Man, he's not shy, and that's what you got to be. There's a lot of people out here competing for a very narrow spot on the country music radio dial, and if Shane Owens doesn't step up and say, you know, Shane Owens is pretty good, then uh, who else is going to be doing it? Well, I'm sure a lot of people will be, actually, but you got to be out here supporting yourself. And Shane Owens, we wish you all the best. Your website is available for people to go to and learn more about what you have to offer. It's Shane Owens Country Music. Dot com. I know you thought long and hard about that one. Yes, sir, we did. <laughs> <laughs> it only took about a whole two seconds. <laughs> okay, Shane Owens Country Music.com is the website where country never goes out of style, and we love what you do. And again, best of luck with this new Joe Diffie co write that you've got out as your new single, Love Me to Death, and the great new album that you've got that is available for y'all to download. You can download it right off your website, right? Absolutely. Okay. And uh, we just are thankful for country music and, again, thankful for Shane Owens for stopping back by the Y'all Show. Good luck with this virus, and we'll see you when you're out blowing up and going down the highway, Shane. We look forward to seeing you soon, man. God bless our great country, and y'all stay safe out there. Shane Owens. This is the Y'all Show. More of the program All About the South is coming right up. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hello. Welcome back to the show all about the southeast of the United States. We are accentuating the south. This is the Y'all Show. And we've got a SEC spotlight coming right around the corner. Our Mississippi State Bulldog insider, Jeremiah Short, is going to be back on the program. He just had a conversation on his podcast the other day, the Black Dog Sports Podcast. He visited with Mike Leach, the new coach of Mississippi State. And they talk about quarterbacks and more. We're going to actually let you hear a clip from that interview with Coach Leach. That's part of our SEC spotlight. We'll get a take on what's going on with the Bullies as football season, we hope, will be kicking off sooner than we expect. And we'll see how Mississippi State, which went to a bowl game last year, how they rebound here in 2020 with a new coach in tow there at Davis-Wade Stadium. We'll also get Jeremiah's take on SEC football teams and his projection of who's going to be competing for Atlanta here this football season. 803-816-1170 is our number if you want to text or call that number. We welcome your feedback 24-7. In fact, we've got a listener who is the ghost poet of WTJS FM 93.1, and we just got this in, and I want to give the ghost poet a little shout-out here. 
as we appreciate the feedback and you can also share your feedback with us all you have to do is text or call us 803-816-1170 and here's what the ghost poet shares with us i'm sheltering in place with nowhere to go it's not so bad because i got y'all on the radio ha <laughs> ha that is a hit song not just a poet not just a poem from the ghost poet don't know who you are but i like where you're coming from thank you very much and keep listening to the y'all show and we'll get all of y'all while you're sheltering in place we'll get you through this and have a good time while we're at it if you're sitting at home and you're not writing poetry right now you might be reading a book and here in this segment we're going to start out this hour with a little book talk courtesy of the new york times and their bestsellers if you're looking for a good read to get you through the pandemic here is the list of the bestsellers at nytimes.com at number one on the combined print and ebook fiction categories this one's been out 60 weeks now celeste ends little fires everywhere an artist upends a quiet town outside cleveland at number two this has been now on the chart more than a year and a half in fact we just put in a request to delia owens we hope to have her on the show we're trying to work that out but hopefully we'll have an author interview with this author who's had the number one at most of the time and then sometimes she's fell down to number two this is a book about the south from a southerner the book is where the crawdads sing from delia owens in a quiet town on the North Carolina coast in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. And this one's been a runaway success for this newcomer, Delia Owens. Again, it's been number one or number two for more than a year and a half. What an incredible story for Delia Owens. And again, fingers crossed, if she's not quarantined somewhere, we'll have an interview with her pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. we got a lot of really good interviews coming up on the Y'all Show. In fact, we're going to squeeze in an interview on our Friday show of a person who is a kind of a veteran country music person, although you probably aren't that familiar with the name. Tim Atwood, for many, many decades, Tim Atwood was the piano player on the Grand Ole Opry. And he's going to be coming on in a little special bonus interview on our Friday edition. So make sure you stick around for that. We also have another really cool interview coming up with Lisa Sutton. Now, you might not know Lisa Sutton, but I bet you you know Lisa Sutton's mama, the late Lynn Anderson, the Rose Garden singer. Yeah, I never promised you a Rose Garden. She had some other big country music hits. Lynn Anderson's about to have two new digital releases come out of some of her best albums. And her daughter, Lisa Sutton, is going to be on to talk about lynn anderson and that's going to be coming your way next week we also have for you sports fans coming up next week a really cool interview with a friend of mine jd byers the voice of the south alabama jaguars he's going to be coming on they've got a brand new stadium being built in mobile right now and we'll talk to jd about that also we'll get his take on the 2020 football season for the usa jaguars of the sunbelt conference and of course We'll get J.D.'s take on the SBC as Appalachian State won the conference last year, had an amazing year, beat North Carolina, beat South Carolina, and then went and won their bowl game. And They only lost one game all year to Georgia Southern there in Boone, a home game at that, and finished in the top 20 of college football. But J.D. Byers, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars, is going to be on on our Tuesday show, so you don't want to miss out. Got a lot more stuff coming to you. But back to the books. See, I get so carried away talking about everything we got going on. I got to stay focused here. On our New York Times combined print and ebook fiction, Delia Owens at two. Valentine from Elizabeth Wetmore is at three. 
James Patterson and Andrew Burrell's Texas Outlaw. That's a new book. A Texas Ranger goes to a small town to investigate whether an accidental death was actually a murder. And that's the fourth book on this list of print and ebook fiction. And then for three weeks, this one's been out on the list. The Boy from the Woods from Harlan Coben. That's number five on the New York Times non, uh, fiction list. Now to the nonfiction category. And this one's been out just over a month now. It's at number one, Eric Larson's The Splendid and the Vile, an examination of the leadership of the Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Blood, sweat, toil. Oh, I love that guy. His, you know, his bust is in the White House, and that's really cool that a foreign leader's bust is right there in the Oval Office. But a great book there. If you are into nonfiction reading, check it out. Glennon Doyle's Untamed is out. The activist and public speaker describes her journey of listening to her inner voice. It's at number two, Untamed, Glennon Doyle. A new book on the list. It's the ABC anchor, Jonathan Carl. He's actually now the news chief for ABC in Washington, D.C. And he wrote this book, Front Row at the Trump Show, giving his perspective on the current president and describes the shifts within their relationship. Jonathan Carl and Front Row at the Trump Show. Number four is a new book from singer Alicia Keys with Michelle Buford. And the Grammy Award-winning musician retraces her path to discovering her own worth. More Myself is the name of this from Alicia Keys. And lastly, a former NFL player and reality TV star of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, Colton Underwood's got a new book out this week, The First Time. If you're into some of this reality TV stuff, you might want to check out Colton Underwood. I'm not sure if he's can to carry Underwood or not, but a guy who played a little football at Illinois State, the Redbirds, and then went on to the NFL. In fact, he's with the Las Vegas Raiders as a tight end, and he's got this book out. So good on him. Maybe he wrote this during the pandemic. It's, it's brand new, Colton Underwood and The First Time. And that's a quick look at the New York Times bestsellers. You can go to nytimes.com and learn more about all these books and the other categories they've got. And this ought to help you get through this crisis that we're currently <laughs> enjoying. When we come back, it's going to be SEC talk. It's going to be mostly Mississippi State Bulldogs. And we're going to talk to Jeremiah Short, the co-host of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. Hell, dear old stain, get those cowbells a-ringing. We're going to have Jeremiah on right after this. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. At Sprint, our priority is keeping our customers, employees, and communities safe. During these uncertain times, we want you to get the great service you expect without leaving the safety of your home. Sprint.com makes shopping easier by offering free next-day shipping and no activation fees on our best new phone deals, like the amazing iPhone 11. Lease it for just $15 a month when you switch to Sprint. For now, shopping online at Sprint.com is the best way to learn about our plans, buy new phones, and get the services you need. Stay healthy and go to Sprint.com today. 
iPhone 11, 64 gigabyte, $15 per month after 14, 17 monthly credit applied within two bills. Requires new line of service, 18 month lease, and approved credit. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Offer and coverage not available everywhere. $30 activation fee, taxes, and restrictions apply. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. And we're the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. And we're back now, little Mississippi State time here on the program that's all about the south as part of our SEC report. And we're going to go right to MSU Country, where the co-host of the Black Dog Sports Podcast is kind enough to come on the program and talk about Mike Leach in year number one in Starkville, as well as other things going on with the maroon and white and also we'll get a little sec news as well hello welcome into the show jeremiah short hello jeremiah hey how you doing john man it is great to not only talk to you but to see you here today jeremiah and i we go back a few years <laughs> and and now he's got this co-hosting gig with the black dog sports cast and we're excited to have you on in fact you had a special guest the other day on your program that we're going to actually play (laughs) a little clip of that interview and then right after that interview well mike leach was in the news for maybe not the best of reasons i'll get your take on that but uh, jeremiah first of all hope you're holding up well with this coronavirus and what have you heard coming out of msu's campus as far as the athletes what they're doing to get through this pandemic um, I think with the MSU athletes, Coach Leach, I mean, that's good to have him just from a horse mouth with that. He said that, you know, they're meeting with the players, I'm guessing through Zoom, you know, having a lot of virtual meetings, and they can kind of tell them what to do. Obviously, it's not the same as being able to go through spring ball and be able to just see how guys are reacting in the moment and really just getting that conditioning and being able to, again, just see them up close and just see how they're going to react to situations. So, um, but it's not something that other programs aren't dealing with as well. Okay. Very good point. All right. Well, let's talk about the addition of Mike Leach as the head coach at Mississippi State. You know, you and I really haven't talked, I don't think, since football season. Did you ever envision that we'd see Coach Moorhead being sent out the door and the way this whole thing happened after the what they call now the PP and miss, the famous egg bowl scene where a player <laughs> for the other team caused his team to get flagged and ended up losing the game. MSU gets to go to a bowl game as a result of that. And then I guess they had some off the field issues and then Coach Moorhead is pretty much dismissed when they come back from the bowl game and, and then Mike Leach of all people comes to Starkville. I mean, it, it was kind of a whirlwind. Uh, a lot of me and my friends and my coach kind of liking it to almost a reality show at one point, especially how Leach got – I'm not Leach, but 
Morehead got fired and all that shook about. And I was very upset about it because I felt like it just was a bad look for the university. Uh, just the whole handling of it was poor. Um, based on some of the things we were hearing about how he had lost control of the team. And we even had a former player on the – not a guy that played under Morehead, but played previously, you know, under Chrome and Cheryl, who said that they can just tell he just didn't have any control of the team. Well, a lot of former players shared those sentiments, and a lot of them were very unhappy with the job Morehead was doing. So him getting fired – Probably was the right move. It just was the, the the way it was done was horrible. I don't think you do that to anyone and embarrass them in that way. Now, getting Leach, I think considering how we bungled the coaching search up until that point to be able to get – I don't go and say we got some power five head coach like we went and got somebody from Texas or somebody from some big-time program. He was coaching at Washington State, just to be realistic. But at the same time, he's a guy that at least has a bit of a resume and we at least know what to expect from him. He's going to throw the football around, air raid. But as uh, a player told us last night in the interview, I'm waiting to see Mississippi State throw it 40 times a game. So I see it, I won't believe it. Yeah. Well, Coach Lee, after successful gigs at Texas Tech and then at Washington State, I mean, this is a program in Washington State that, let's be honest, it's it's kind of one of the least glamorous jobs in the Pac-12 and arguably – on that half of the country, it's it's not it's 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 pretty much being in the middle of nowhere, which some people would say Starkville and anything in Mississippi is like that too. But he has the opportunity, and he did he did that at Washington State. He made them a contender. I don't think they ever got to a championship game, but boy, they they really had some great seasons, and that's what the MSU administration's hoping they can do. They've got a a beast just over an hour away from the Starkville campus that somebody wants to slay that beast. And why not MSU? We've seen what LSU's done, and MSU could be that team on a somewhat regular basis. And, of course, they've got their the ability to hold on. And, of course, when you talk about Mike Leach, he's got such a great history with quarterbacks. Jeremiah, actually, you had him on your show just the other day, and he talked about quarterbacks. I'm going to play that clip right now on the y'all okay. show and let people kind of hear what you ask about coach leach in terms of the qb situation and and the personnel coming into starkville here in 2020 here's that conversation again from the black dogs sports sports podcast i had a question kind of piggybacking on what you were talking about with quarterbacks you've spoken before in the past about you vague quarterbacks with accuracy and you don't really even care um because how often do you throw 50 yards so you're not even concerned with a quarterback with a big arm So first talk about kind of like your philosophy on the type of quarterbacks that you recruit. And then at the same time, speak a little bit about Keaton Thompson and Gary Schrader, two players that have been heavily talked about amongst the Mississippi State fan base. Both players have kind of struggled with accuracy. And talk about how you're going to develop those guys so they kind of can fit into what you're trying to do as a coach. You know, the biggest thing, you try to get the very best you can in several categories for a quarterback. Um, You know, the single biggest thing, and which is hard to gauge and it's hard to measure. And that's why with quarterbacks, you see them come from all different classifications of football is um, do they elevate the offensive unit? Do they make the players around them better? And then, uh, and, but to effectively do that, you have to be accurate and you have to make good decisions. And I think that's where it starts and you can coach good decisions and you can enhance accuracy. I don't think you can just flat out create accuracy receive from nothing because at some point by the time they get there you know they either have some level of accuracy or they don't and then um you know you'd like a guy with a strong arm and you'd like quick feet which is different than fast i guess 
um, oh, a quick feature guy that really has good pocket presence and can stay out of harm's way fast is, you know, like a guy that can just flat out, you know, run and is a fast person and, you know, and on a broken play. And if you, if you go through the NFL, um, you know, and all the greats of the past, almost none of them had every one of those things. Almost none of them had every one of the, every one. The closest that, that I've maybe seen in my lifetime might be Patrick Mahomes as far as having all those things. And, um, uh, but, you know, the biggest thing is, is can you elevate the offense? And you gotta, you gotta be accurate as, as far as, um, uh, uh, Keaton and Garrett, it's tough to say because we didn't have a chance to work together. We haven't had spring ball and that was the biggest thing. And so, um, the week after spring break, we were going to start spring football. And then all of a sudden, you know, the virus hit and it was, uh, it was all right. Uh, don't come back to campus from spring break for another week. And then it was, uh, you know, don't come back until, April 1st and then April 15th and April 30th. So, you know, that's one of the things that I think we're really anxious about is the opportunity to work with not just those two uh, guys, but uh, the whole team and, and see who, who can do what, you know. And that was from the Black Dogs Sports Podcast with our co-host Jeremiah Short, an interview with Mississippi State's head football coach, Mike Leach. So, congratulations on landing that interview, Jeremiah. Out of out of boy, man, that was, and I can't really take credit for that one. My co-host had a connection. And, I mean, we're honest about the fact that it might have had a little bit to do with you know his unfortunate tweet that caused a lot of controversy, and maybe he, he kind of wanted to. I, I guess you would say needed a little positivity, as someone else put it. Okay, I, I didn't realize. We were able to provide the, him the opportunity. I didn't realize in the timeline you interviewed him after that tweet came out. Which, by the way, we need to go back a couple of days and remind people what exactly happened. What happened was Coach Leach, just like the rest of the world, stuck at home right now and is bored. And he's pretty active on Twitter, regardless of the pandemic or not. And he tweeted a image of some woman making a noose because i guess her husband was on her nerves and that's the point of the it was just intended to be fun and he got a lot of grief after that tweet went out in fact i think it's now two mississippi state football players have actually intended to leave the program because of the tweet am i right on that correct but there's a lot of you know behind the scenes things that that might that's probably those guys probably Okay. So I think it's just convenient, excusing a good way to make themselves look a lot better. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. But Coach Leach was apologetic. We didn't play the clip of his apology or him trying to make a little bit more sense of what he was saying there in the Black Sports podcast clip we just played. So what did he tell you in terms of the uh, what he did there on social media? Uh, and that's where we probably uh, incurred a little bit of criticism because a lot of people um, – very uh, critical that we didn't address it. Oh, you did? You know, as we went through the interview process, we had to be honest about the fact that we are probably a smaller podcast and and you having a, for us, that's a high profile guest getting a division one football coach for it, really any yeah. program, but for a program like ours that's still building, you know, made the conscious decision to focus on football and build that relationship with them where, you know, he could feel comfortable talking about it. And we did incur a lot of criticism, honestly, from a lot of black fans that we didn't address it, but 
before the podcast we discussed and we felt like it just wouldn't be proper as far as it was kind of already overdone he already had I don't know if it was an apology apology but he did do that and he talked to his team and he's doing all these I guess going to museums and all of that so I think it was overdone so we wanted to stick to football and just see what type of man he was yeah, as you mentioned, he's already announced he's going to go visit the Mississippi, the I guess it's called the two museums in Jackson, Mississippi, where they have not only the mm-hmm. state museum, but they have a civil rights museum. And he said he's going to pay a visit there. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is a guy who's been coaching mostly in West Texas and in the Pacific Northwest for the last 20 years. And the history of a state like Mississippi may not be quite all that known to him. He's a smart guy, though. Remember, Mike Leach is a guy who has a law degree. And we don't have too many guys who were lawyers in the college football business. So good job, again, for landing that interview and and everything going on with Mike Leach. So what are you hearing in terms of the way they got spring? I think they had some kind of spring practice going before everything got shut down. What are you hearing out of Starville as far as the way the football teams adapting to Coach Leach and his I, I don't system? think they actually had started yet, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were planning to start after spring breaks. So uh, I don't think they ever even got started. I think with the team right now, the biggest question mark is the install of the spread offense because uh, – Truth, uh, truth, not spread with the air raid. I think more specifically with that because we've been running on um, the spread for over for over ten years now. Um, with, when Dan Mullen came, but at the same time, we've still been a running team for the most part, even under more conservative. Mm-hmm. So I think, but Leach did tell us it's gonna take a lot of practice, practice, practice to get us to where we need to be. And I think it's a lot of uncertainty because Gary Strader returning, who was the starter last year for um, bits and pieces last year, and then we're bringing in KJ Costello from Stanford. Everyone expects him to be QB1, and it kind of fits in line with what Leach likes to do as far as bringing in seniors, starting a senior player. So, But at that number two spot, really, I think it hasn't been determined yet. So I think there's a lot of questions that needed to be answered for spring, but they didn't get, a, get to answer them because of COVID and having to shut down school. Okay. Well, our TV audience is actually viewing something put out by Hell State Productions right now, and that's some kind of midnight practice they did. It's not a traditional hitting, putting Mm -hmm. on the equipment, but Coach Leach was out there, so I don't know if this counted as an official practice before everything got shut down or not, but it's a pretty intense video nonetheless. I I think a lot of that was more like workout type thing. They were producing a lot of videos with the workouts and a lot of the players were speaking out about how, you know, they were getting better um, through the workouts and how it seems like the new strength coach has a lot of energy. And we've had some good strength coaches in the past, but I don't know if it's quite been the same since um, Coach Matt Bayless has left. He's gained a lot of notoriety up there at Notre Dame. So Mm -hmm. he was one, they used to call it being Bayless made. So he's kind of, seems like, I think his name is Tyson Brown is bringing a lot of attention back to the strength and conditioning program at Mississippi State. Well, a, a good hire again. It's been an interesting offseason for both schools in the SEC located in the state of Mississippi with the addition of Coach Lane Kiffin at Mississippi and now Coach Leach mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. And these two guys, of course, I guess they were both coaching in the Pac-12 at one time together, and now they find themselves in the great state of Mississippi coaching the different teams. And and I would say Leach might be winning the Twitter war thus far with some of the stuff that he's done. If if not for the controversy, just 
he's putting really unusual fun stuff out there and doing great interviews i in addition to being on the black dog sports podcast i heard the interview the other day he did with a radio station out of seattle we actually played a clip of that here on the y'all show and he was going through talking about all the all the sec mascots and that was a, a fun discussion here from coach leach i mean good news that he's actually talking to people instead of like being sheltered in like most of these people you don't know what's going on i think it's good you know the, for fun understand he's not gonna do too much twitter from now. oh really um, based off some comments uh, i heard he said out there but i don't think he's gonna be doing too much twitter for a while but i think it's good like a coach like him benefits in a situation like this with recruiting like the coaches like saving is just now getting emailed yeah you know that's so you forget the savings kind of old so a coach like leach he gains that profile i think the new thing didn't really wasn't the best look but i think a coach like him he's very entertaining guys like that coach with a personality you know engaged with twitter those type of things so and we were gaining a lot of traction in recruiting just because of that i think him coming to mississippi state gave us a lot of traction just because he is a personality that worked you know as a an analyst for a while for a couple of years so i think we we gained that initial cachet i think the news thing just might hurt that a little bit for a while i think he could regain it just from honestly interviewing him and i'm not gonna say i'm gonna pump him up and say he's a great guy and do maybe the donald trump thing and say you know we're the black dog sports podcast we're saying that mike Leach is a great guy just from getting a chance to interview him i i, I got a good vibe from him that i think he's gonna be okay as mississippi state's head coach and i didn't think that the the tweet was representative of him at all well again it no not necessarily but again he has a little bit of a learning curve to, to know the the feelings that a, a noose might provide but in his defense and mm-hmm. i've said this before nooses aren't just used in history against black folks they've been used against all kind of people even in the old west you mm-hmm. go watch a western movie and a lot of the villains were hung by noose we've hung war criminals uh i know just just not long ago saddam hussein was hung with a noose so in his defense that is certainly not something exclusive to lynching here in the south but again, he has to remember where he's located. And so anything that has any connection to anything like that is going to make some people's eyebrows raise. And as as we know, one of the reasons this is a story is you've seen two players decide they're going to leave the program and use that as part of the excuse of why they're departing Mississippi State. So, Jeremiah, real quick before we switch over and talk about some SEC stuff with you here, sir, we want to ask you, what's your expectation for Mike Leach and MSU football here in 2020? Uh, I think it can kind of. I think initially he'll do well. My biggest worry was that, or is, is that his act may wear thin because he's a little different. In a sense, it could really work out. He may be exactly what Mississippi State needs someone that's just different. But at the same time, he is different. And Morehead was different. I think he's a different type of. I can't hate using that word different, but yeah, we are in Mississippi, so you have to. That's my biggest worry. Um, he's never been big on recruiting, but he's doing a good job so far, I feel. I just I think we can catch lightning in a bottle. I just don't know what's gonna happen now. Like that's my biggest worry. It could be a three year thing, we do really well, and then what? So right now I'm just gonna do it on the three year window and then just see what happens after that, to be honest with you. I well, don't he I just worry that his act is gonna wear thin. I hope it doesn't, but I know my state. Well, we know what even at Washington State he did with the state of Mississippi. He came in and got a guy named Minshew to be his quarterback there at Wazoo, and that guy ends up being a first-round draft pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
and what a great job in fact he got Minshew when I don't think any of the major schools in Mississippi nor around Mississippi even gave Minshew an offer so I don't even know how he found the guy but but kudos to coach Leach of course Minshew's I think sister is some kind of athlete there at Mississippi State right now so it's a pretty good little connection there so give me a a win If, if Jeremiah Short of Black Dog Sports Podcast had to guess right now in April 2020 how MSU's gonna have a season what's what are we looking at from a number standpoint i think i initially i think he can come in right away and win nine or ten games i know it might sound crazy but our defense is already pretty good and if he can even at least make the offense good which he's proven that he's done at every stop immediately i think the thing that might hurt us initially is the fact that we don't know when the season's gonna start the season could easily be pushed back and then the fact that he didn't get a chance to install his offense in the spring, which would have been very critical. Mm-hmm. We're going to probably spend the first four or five games just getting used to the spread because it's a mentality change. It's not just a scheme change. It's a mentality change. Mississippi State has never thrown the football, not consistently, every game, especially not the air raid. That's a big leap to go from a power-running football team to an air raid team. That's going to be tough, but I think we can win with it because just off the just the style of the offense, I think if the defense does well and then the offense is able to put up points, we're going to win games because people just aren't going to be used to it because no one in the SEC has run, and I know you're about to get to the SEC, has run an air raid since Kentucky when Leach was there, when they had Tim Couch in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, when he was at Kentucky. All right, let's move away from bas- from from football for a second. And one of the big stories out of the basketball season, well, do you think Mississippi State would have punched their NCAA ticket if the season and the SEC tournament would have taken place in its full? Do you think MSU could have gotten to the big dance here or at least an NIT? Oh, the boys? Uh, yeah, no, the men. Stop saying boys. The men's team? Yeah, boys, men. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, my other co-host always makes a big thing about that. Uh, I, the men's team, I don't know. I think it seems like it was too much dissension. That, I don't know if you've seen, but we've lost five players to transfer. Really? Which is rare. I've never seen that many guys transfer. Most times it's two or three at the most. And then the fact that we lost a couple guys to the league. I mean, we essentially have lost most of our team. So that seems like that team was honed on by thin thread to begin with. Yeah. So it's just hard for me to believe a team that already was on the brink to make a run in the tournament. I, it just doesn't seem like it. It seems like they weren't, the chemistry wasn't right for them to. And they would have needed it to be right to make a run. I don't think it was that was going to happen. And Coach Howland, again, the coach at Mississippi State, has done a so-so job, I would say, over his tenure in Starkville, the guy who had mm-hmm. actually coached UCLA to a national championship, if I'm not mistaken, at one point. And he's not a, a spring chicken, so uh, you'd think – that he only has a handful of years left, and maybe this could have been that year. But from what we know, he's still going to be around next year. So Mississippi State looking to turn the corner there. Now there is a opening, as far as I know, with the women's program as Coach Schaefer decided to take off to the bright lights of Austin and become the Texas Longhorns lady basketball coach. So was that a surprise to you to see him go back to Texas where he grew up? Of course, he went to that other school collegiately there in College Station, so he's going to the rival school with the Horns. But Mississippi State's women's program has been one of the best programs in all of college basketball, playing for back-to-back national championships, losing both games, and has won SEC titles here recently. A big voice there with the departure of Coach Schaefer. Yes, and it's very unfortunate. I'm not going to sit up like I've been following the women's team the entire time. But I have been keeping up the past couple of years. 
I think Bain is unfortunate. He's possibly, if you just go off his resume and what he's done the last eight years, he's the best coach to ever come through Mississippi State. I think <laughs> that's the tough part, losing a coach that's – I mean, he has a resume. He's made it to two national championships. What other Mississippi State coach can say that they did that while they were at Mississippi State, other than maybe John Cohen, and who's the athletic director now, and then Daryl Royal, who ended up doing it at Texas, ironically. So it's unfortunate, and it surprised me because most time when these things happen, you hear rumors or you hear talk about a coach – taking interviews or it's talked throughout the season. It was nothing. All I know, I remember looking on social media and, oh, Schaefer's in a picture at Texas. There wasn't even rumors about it. He wasn't meeting. He was already, he already accepted the job. I'm like, where did this come from? The best coach in Mississippi State history leaves and no one even knows it's going to happen. That's That makes no sense. Uh, you know, thankfully, they did it with this coaching search. They were able to hire Nicky McCray Pinson, who's a former um, All-American at Tennessee um, did a really good job at Old Dominion her first three years in a fast Roger. So a lot of the fans are really excited and we're really excited about what she's going to bring to the table. We just hired her over the weekend. Okay, I thought I saw that, but uh, Jeremiah, appreciate your input on all things Mississippi State. We're not done with Jeremiah Short. We're going to take a quick break here on the program, and when we come back, we're going to switch over and get Jeremiah's take on some of the other SEC teams, as this is our SEC report with a heavy maroon and white and cowbell focus. Hang on. Our talk with Jeremiah Short of the Black Dogs Sports Podcast continues right after this break. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. At Sprint, our priority is keeping our customers, employees, and communities safe. During these uncertain times, we want you to get the great service you expect without leaving the safety of your home. Sprint.com makes shopping easier by offering free next-day shipping and no activation fees on our best new phone deals, like a Samsung Galaxy phone. Lease it for just $0 a month when you switch. And when you shop on Sprint.com, you'll get a $100 prepaid MasterCard, too. For now, Sprint.com is the best way to learn about our plans, buy new phones, and get the services you need. Stay healthy and go to Sprint.com today. Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, $0 per month after $41.67 per month credit. Apply within two bills. Requires 18-month lease, new line of service, and approved credit. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Offering coverage not available everywhere. $30 activation fee taxes and restrictions apply. $100 prepaid MasterCard requires port and online registration. Ships after 45 days. Card terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Member FDSC.
And we're back here on the Y'all Show final segment of this almost end of the week edition of the program that covers everything Southern. Right now, you're in the middle of an SEC report. We've had a big-time Mississippi State Bulldog insider take from Jeremiah Short of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. He's our guest right now on the program that's all about the South. And now that we kind of have our Maroon and White report in the can, let's talk a little SEC sports with Jeremiah. And Mr. Short, we want to mention that, of course, football season is still, still not determined if we're going to have it. Nobody really can tell for sure at this point if we're going to have college football in 2020. What's your best guess on how many games will be played here in 2020, Jeremiah? I think a lot of us really don't 100% know. I think they're going to find a – I don't think they want to push back the season. I think the only way that happened is they're saying that we're not going to do anything to August um, right now, of course, with a lot of reports, I, I try not to pay attention to too much of the COVID stuff. Not every two minutes of that stuff will drive you crazy. But at the same time, and we're honest, you have to be realistic about the fact that uh, we can't focus as much on entertainment. But my hope is that the season starts when it's supposed to start because I think people need that distraction. But obviously, even once the season starts, there might have to be a lot of rules set in place to make sure we don't have any type of outbreak or anything of that nature. I mean, I love my football, but I mean, you want it to be a safe environment where you don't have to worry about half the world dying off. So um, my hope is that it starts and we can enjoy SEC football. But it, it still probably won't quite feel the same. But still, we love our SEC football, so we want that to happen. Yeah, we so sure. hopefully it starts on September 1st or whenever the actual start date. Yeah, you, you mentioned we love our SEC football right here in the South. Well, one thing we know, when and if college football resumes, you're going to have the last year national champion in the mix within the southeastern conference has coach ed orgeron of the lsu tigers come into this season as the defending national champions and jeremiah back in the day you and i were hanging out would you have ever guessed when this guy orgeron was coaching that school up north that he would ever become a national championship coach no <laughs> but i read a story on him before the national championship so Did he kind of went through a path. I mean, obviously, Coach Owen ate. You know, we joke about that um, at Mississippi State. And I remember being at the game where he made that infamous call. Where he, <laughs> and he talked about that. Um, and then he had a chance to coach USC on an interim basis. And just based off some of the interviews, it seems like that really hurt him that he didn't get that job. And he, in the, it was an interview he did or an article that was posted on him before the national championship. It seems like he went through a path where he really learned a lot after that old Miss situation. I think sometimes people look at someone's biggest failure, like an Orgeron, and say, obviously, he can't coach, but what I've always heard about him, I had a friend that got recruited by him and said that Coach Orgeron is very down to earth. You know, you hear about the big things when it comes to recruiting him or you think he's like a bag, a bag man or something to that effect. But I heard he's just a real down to earth guy, and he's a guy that guys will play for. So in some ways, we really shouldn't be shocked that LSU, for one, has been able to recruit talent and two, been able to win under him because essentially LSU's had the right strategy, and I wonder – how good that team is going to be without Dave Miranda. That Coach O is not an X's and O's guy. He's a guy that can get – he's a leader of men, and it's an overused term, but he kind of is, and get great offensive coordinators around him. He, he's running the program. He's not the guy out there calling the plays, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they have a good formula there. He's going to recruit talent, get the right people to coach him, and then it's a, it's a recipe for success. I mean, they did it for 10 years. Les Miles, Les Miles is an X and O guy. Yeah. So I think Orgeron just might be a little better at it. Well, one thing Orgeron won't have here whenever there's a football season is a guy named Joe Burrow behind center. Also, 
Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, took off for the bright lights of Charlotte and the Carolina Panthers. So with those those departures on the offensive side of the ball, do you think LSU has a chance to be competitive as a champion-type team here in the forthcoming season? I don't see it. I, I just You can't lose that caliber of talent at receiver and quarterback, even on the defense side of football, and lose your coordinators. Yeah. And then expect to win in the SEC. Maybe in another conference. It's not saying other conferences <laughs> are bad, but yeah. as we all know, the SEC is what it is. And even Alabama's experienced a little bit of slippage lately. So yeah. you can't just lose coaches and lose key players and then expect to reload and be as dominant as you were. I mean, LSU was extremely dominant last year. They were unbeatable. And I think losing those talents, I'm not a Joe Burrow fan in that way. I don't know if he's even a first-round guy, but that's not what we're really talking about. But at the same time, he was really good at the college level, Heisman Trophy caliber, mm. obviously. So um, I just don't see them being as good. Um, maybe nine, ten wins. They still have enough talent to win games, but I just don't see them being as dominant as last year. I think that's unrealistic for anyone. Well, Cinderella season for sure. Now, one thing that just came out here in the last couple of days in terms of Coach Ed Orgeron, he and his wife of many, many years, Kelly, are divorcing after, I think, 20 years or so. So a, a sad thing there for the Orgeron family right now. But – Unfortunately, that happens with just about everybody. It's even happened to me, Jeremiah Short. So, <laughs> wish wish the Orgerons the best there. And and uh, of course, they're not the only team that people are going to be watching for closely here. Let's switch over to the East Division, if you don't mind, Jeremiah. And your old friend there, Dan Mullen, is projected <laughs> to have an incredible 2020 season, and perhaps Florida could get back to the SEC championship. Are you buying or selling the Gators? Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Dan Mullen. I appreciate everything he did for Mississippi State, but as I even continue to tell my co-hosts, I, I wouldn't even upset with us hiring Moorhead and definitely not police because I feel like we had peaked under peaked under Mullen. And Mullen, in my opinion, is still at best a 10-win coach, maybe nine at Mississippi State. I think the only reason he's gotten a few more wins at Florida is because they're in the East, not in the West. He doesn't have to deal with LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. You know Alabama is going to be good every year. And LSU's had a few off years at Auburn's. It's up and down. So, you know you have to deal with them every year, but in the East, you only have to deal with Georgia. So, I think he's had good runs, but I don't expect much. I, I think they'll be good um, year in, year out, just like next year. They'll be good. You know, they have Kyle Trask returning, but he's not a big-time player. They lost Felipe Franks. But at best, 10 wins, but that's more so because he's in the East. I think he is what he is. He'll recruit reasonably well, probably not to the level of Florida fans who respect and I wouldn't even be shocked in about two years of fans, the Florida fans, not necessarily calling for his job, but it's some heat on him because he'll start realizing he is what he is at best, a 10-win coach. Okay. Well, you just ruined my Florida glory story here today. So who, who, if anybody else besides Georgia can make a run for Atlanta in 2020, who do you have your eye on, Jeremiah Short of the Black Dog Sports Podcast? In the East? In the East. Uh Probably Florida, but, I mean, Georgia, I mean, you might not even know about them because they're losing their quarterback, but I think they have a pretty good guy behind them trying to think of what his name is. I know they lost their starting quarterback. Well, they got a transfer coming in from Wake Forest, um, I think. Is it Houston or is it – no, that he's going to Miami. Yeah, I think they've got a transfer from Wake Forest that's going to be there. Okay. Oh, Anthony something. I forgot what his name was, though. But Graduate transfer. um, Keep them while they're consistent. Um. Being consistent. I think Georgia – and then they're going to have a defense on the Kirby Smart. And I think – I wouldn't be shocked this is a down year for the East because what really do you have? You have Missouri, Vanderbilt, 
and best of six Tennessee. Don't you sleep now, on Tennessee's Vanderbilt, Jeremiah. Don't you sleep on those doors. <laughs> oh, I like Derek Mason. I think he's a good coach. I just it's kinda like recruiting at a school like Vanderbilt is kinda hard and getting the talent where you can be consistent. Yeah. I will say the team you have to watch out for is probably Tennessee. That's the team they did well down the stretch. And that's probably one of those teams, but I don't want to be the Tennessee guy and pick Tennessee because it seems like people have done that the last 15 years. Yeah. They still hadn't done it. It seems like Tennessee is, the, as they say, the sexy team to pick me a year, a beginning of the year because they are uh, used to be a perennial power. They're the sexy team to pick, but they never really live up to it. Well, so, Coach Pruitt had a heck of a run there that last couple of games in the season and that big mm-hmm. bowl win over the Indiana Hoosiers in Jacksonville was incredible. Mm-hmm. So Tennessee, so, Tennessee's in the mix, and all the other teams. Again, it's Jeremiah Short, co-host of the Black Dogs Sports Podcast. <laughs> Remind people, Jeremiah, how they can find your podcast. Uh, now we're on YouTube. That's the main, I think the easiest form to find us on. And now we're doing Zoom interviews where you can see what's going on. And we've had a chance to interview a few good guys. We just interviewed Dale Warren Robinson, a former Mississippi State great. Um, we talked about the Nicky McCray Pinson hire, and we had a former player, Jericho James, on. So the main form I think you can look for us on is YouTube, the easiest for most. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. I'm trying to think of the other ones. There's so many other platforms. But the main ones are probably Apple, um, Anchor, and Spotify that you probably can find us, and you can go subscribe on those particular platforms. And we have about a year's worth of content. You can go back and see our whole debates over Tommy Stevens and Gary Schrader and – the more at firing, we had a lot of things. People come on and talk about that, and we talk yeah. about a lot of the behind-the-scenes things that happen with that because we have multiple sources. Well, it's a great podcast, and it's an unusual podcast of all the yes. various shows out there. Y'all talk about Mississippi State, but you do it from a black person's perspective, which I don't know of any program that's got something mm-hmm. like that. So kudos on that originality and, and, again, for landing great interviews along the way. Quite proud of you, my boy. Thank you. All right. And I think just to let people know, even though, you know, we're the Black Dog Sports Podcast, we just, I mean, of course, we're all blacks. So I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. But you're not maroon? Time, you, know, we, you mean you're not maroon and we white? Try to, we, try to, we just try to come from our perspective. It's not about yeah. you know, us getting on there and just railing about every black issue. We're just sharing our thought process on every issue going on in Mississippi State Sports. And it's, most times we don't even really touch on the racial aspect of it. We're just coming from our perspective. And, you know, being able to get our voice out there. And that's all it's really about. And that's um, so the, all of us. It sounds corny, but we all believe Maroon. We all love our program. You know, just the same as with the Leach interview. We don't want our program looking bad as much as the next person. We want to win just as much as the next fan. So we're just getting an opportunity to get in, in that media space. And, you know, hopefully people enjoy the podcast when they listen. It's a great podcast. Again, great interviews coming. And we appreciate Jeremiah Short of the Black Dog Sports Podcast for being our very special guest and coming back on the program. Jeremiah, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me, man. It was fun. All right, Jeremiah. Again, great. Check it out. You can find it on YouTube and more. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show today. Thank y'all very much for being on the program that is all about the SEC and all the other fun sports that goes on in the South. We'll be right back here to wrap up the week on tomorrow's show. Until that time, y'all take care and hail state for all you Bulldog fans. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) 
Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. At Sprint, our priority is keeping our customers, employees, and communities safe. During these uncertain times, we want you to get the great service you expect without leaving the safety of your home. Sprint.com makes shopping easier by offering free next-day shipping and no activation fees on our best new phone deals, like the amazing iPhone 11. Lease it for just $15 a month when you switch to Sprint. For now, shopping online at Sprint.com is the best way to learn about our plans, buy new phones, and get the services you need. Stay healthy and go to Sprint.com today. iPhone 11, 64 gigabyte, $15 per month after 14, 17 monthly credit applied within two bills. Requires new line of service, 18 month lease, and approved credit. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Offer and coverage not available everywhere. $30 activation fee, taxes, and restrictions apply.